Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. Wendy, back with us in studio and standing by to chat about a case that raises questions around the auction industry today. And we've got several scam warnings and various bits and pieces to share with you, as well as taking your open line calls today on 021-446-0567. Great to have you with us, Wendy. Thanks, Pippa. Now, if you bought an item from an online store and then discovered that, well, they discovered that they could no longer procure stock of that item to send Mm -hmm. to you, you'd reasonably expect a full refund, I think, Wendy, because the thing you bought isn't going to arrive. And I sort of just instinctively would have thought that the same would apply if you bought something on auction and it suddenly wasn't available anymore. But apparently that is not necessarily the case. Not necessarily, no. So... So the, the auction version of that is if, if you buy a property on an auction and the seller um, later, a few months down the line when the transferring attorneys are getting ready to lodge um, the, the, the um, papers with the deeds office, um, the seller decides she's out. Um, she signed under duress, which you know, this was not proved. But anyway, she's out. You've now paid your 5% um auctioneer's commission to the auctioneer as required, mm-hmm. um, which is normal. And you've also paid 10% of the value of the property as a deposit, um, and which is normal as yeah. well. But now the auctioneer says, I don't know, um, these are our terms and conditions. Uh, you've got to look to the seller for recourse. And so that's what happened, um, believe it or not. Because that, as you said, it doesn't seem fair. You You didn't cancel. The seller cancelled. You did everything that was required. You yeah. won the bid. You you paid the monies to the auctioneer, who's the middleman, and uh, and just as you thought this property was about to be put into your name, uh, there comes this this curveball in the form of the seller saying, "Deciding I'm out, not selling this." I'm out. Yeah. Yes, and um, and then the auctioneer wants to keep your money that you paid. Um, so that's that's the the case study is. Um, a uh, basically a Cape Town auctioneer who felt that his terms and conditions entitled his company to do just that, um, and in this case it came to almost one hundred and thirty nine thousand. So, in November no- last year, Johan Kraus and his partner participated in an online auction for a property mm-hmm. just around the corner here, Pepe Workop. Um, via auctioneers BidX1 South Africa. They submitted the winning bid of 925,500 Rand. And as I said, they were made to pay that immediate 10% deposit. No problem there. Uh, 92,500 plus that 5% buyer's commission, um, which uh, totaled 138,750 Rand. All well so far. But then in February, as I said, uh, just before the papers were going to be lodged, the seller pulled out. She claimed her property was sold for half its value and that she signed the transfer documents under duress, having driven there to the lawyer's office to sign them. That's a little, mm, yeah. Anyway, that's, a, that's another story issue, all on yeah. its own. Yeah. So naturally, Joanne thought that they'd get their money back. Um, uh, he wrote to me in April when he hadn't got his money back, two months later, saying the auctioneer is claiming their commission from us. They're not taking legal action against the seller for, for their 5% seller's commission. Why are we, the buyers, the only ones losing out simply because we've already paid? The transferring attorneys in the matter wrote to one and his partner in March about the seller reneging on the deal, saying they had two options. Number one was to request a refund from the auctioneer, obviously, and the second was to appoint a litigation attorney to enforce transfer against the seller based on Ooh. 
the merits of the case. We obviously, obviously had a strong case, but these things, justice does not come quickly and, it doesn't and come easily cheaply. or cheaply. Yeah. Exactly. So we see this scenario playing out time and time again with consumer issues. Um, the firm very kindly, because they would have um, racked up quite considerable costs um, in those months from November of last year till, till yeah. Feb. Um, and they said they would write off their costs, which was That's great. Very yeah. kind. Apparently, the bond attorneys have not been as kind. Um, they still want their costs. Um, so, so the question is, in terms of the uh, commission, you might say, is that legitimate? They had done their work as well. Yeah. Um, in hosting, hosting the auction and marketing and all of that, and it wasn't their fault the sale went pair. But, but, you know… Do they legally have a right to withhold the commission if they, the, 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 there was a, a breach on the part of the seller? And then keeping the property to deposit, what is that about? Is that, you know? So my instinctive response, Wendy, is, okay, maybe you can make an argument around the commission and say, as you said, they, they've spent the money on marketing, they've hosted the auction, they've done what was required of them, they've done the work, so mm. they too deserve to be paid and they should be pursuing the person who reneged on the deal to, to reclaim that. I do have a question around, um, in my head, I can't help thinking, okay, if the seller's pulled out saying she's not happy with the price was, that was achieved for her property, surely part of their job as the auctioneers would have been to have a conversation about a reserve price. Yes, there was some complicated. The yeah. There was a, there obviously was. I didn't go into that side, to be, to be honest. But I was yeah. more interested in what um, happened after she she pulled out. It was okay. a woman in this case. Now, but does uh, the, the Consumer Protection Act say anything specifically yes, about does. auctions, Wendy? It does. Section 24 of the CPA regulations, which were published 10 years ago, the same day as the Act itself. And they have many sections on auctions. Okay. It's probably the biggest chunk in the regulations. Um, but the part that applies here is an auctioneer may not charge or receive any fee or commission in respect of the sale of immovable property until the purchaser and the seller have signed a written agreement in respect of the sale. Okay, that happened. Then they may also not charge or receive any fee or commission from the purchaser if the seller defaults or where such fee or commission has already been paid to the purchaser or the auctioneer. The auctioneer shall immediately refund the purchase of the amount paid, including deposit. Wow. I mean, that so that's seems very unequivocal. pretty clear. Yeah. Yes. So that is the act. As I said, we, we, the, don't shoot the messenger. That's what the act says. All monies that, that the purchaser has purchaser has paid in respect of the winning bid um, they must be refunded to them because I suppose it's the the thinking is that they it's not their fault they are the injured party yeah. and that in, auctioneer must then go after the seller to reclaim to any reclaim, expenses yes yeah. which that's in a quite sound justice to yeah. my mind yeah. okay so you fed that back to Juan and told him this is what states in black and white in the CPA um, did yes. he then take so it back thought, to the auctioneer as I often do but just some background before yeah. sort of wading in uh, and and sending a media query I often will say to the complainant um, this is the situation this is what the acts go back um, and, and state this so he did um, but he, uh, that was in April. He got a response from BidX1 CEO, MC Dutoy, saying, it was via email saying, the sale agreement was signed by both parties and the agreement was executed properly in respect of all parties involved and the, and the power of attorneys issued. The execution of the contract was done correctly and it is a binding agreement. Um, as per the contract, the commission by BidX1 is already earned and should be claimed back from the seller as set out in the conditions of sale. So I thought, well, 
Um, maybe I got something wrong. There's no mention of the CPA there. But I do know that you cannot contract outside of the law, the CPA or any other. So any term and condition that doesn't um, comply with it is... Is, is null and void. Same as with labor regulation if it, you try and contract out of basic exactly. conditions of employment. And there's obviously yeah. a good reason for that. Otherwise, yeah. why have the protection if, if you can just decide that it doesn't apply to your business? So, but anyway, I thought, look, I'm not an attorney. Um, so I ran the case past Cape Town-based attorney, attorney, attorney Trudy Brookman, who often um, features on the show and has been a great help and support. Yeah. Yes. She confirmed that Joanne and his partner were due a full refund of the auctioneer's commission and that 10% deposit on the property, both in terms of the CPA and the um, South African Institute of Auctioneers, SIA, um, whose um, code of conduct she went through. She added that CPA Regulation 24F made it clear that the auctioneer is entitled to payment from the seller of a maximum of 10% of the purchase price or total costs of advertising and conducting the auction if the seller defaults. So they are chasing the wrong party they cha- for that money. They, well, well they should be giving it back to Joanne and reclaiming it from the seller. Yes, but the, the money was already in hand mm. in the trust account to be to, to be precise. Right, okay. Well, thank you, Trudy, for helping on Indeed, that. So as again, always. you pass that information back to Joanne. What happened next? So he sent another email. Uh, this was sort of a couple of weeks um, break, I think, in between, sharing this opinion, um, which was um, much more fleshed out than what the bones that I had given him, thinking that would do the trick. Yep. Um, and on the 19th of April, Dutoy responded by saying, the auction and execution of the contract was all done fully in accordance with the CPA and BIDEX 1 South Africa. And, and BIDEX 1 South Africa makes sure that we are at all times complying with the regulations set up in the CPA and the regulations of SIA, which is the, uh, the industry body. The industry yeah. body. We, BIDEX1, believe in full transparency at all times. And this is why we emphasize heavily on the fact that bidders must make themselves acquainted with the conditions of sale and rules of auction prior to bidding. The conditions of sale are very clear to what the procedures are in the case of a breach by the seller. Um, and he quoted, the purchaser shall be entitled to a full refund of all monies paid in terms hereof. And it goes further to say that the seller shall be liable to repay. Seller, not, not the them, auctioneer who has the yeah. money. So it's there's a bit strange. of a disconnect yeah. there. Okay. Um, the above remedies are in place to protect the purchaser in circumstances exactly like this. Therefore, the way I see it is that the claim should be with the seller and not with us, as we successfully did what was requested of us. Of course, that means so he's got to go after the party that doesn't have the money and also incur legal fees to do it. And in the meantime, his money is sitting with yes. the auctioneer's trust account. Trust okay. account. Okay. So he says, we will, uh, this is what he told John, we will now ultimately lose out even though we did what was requested and conducted our business in accordance with all statutory regulations, notwithstanding the above. And this was the surprise. And in light of future dealings with you as a sign of good faith, we are prepared to refund you your monies paid. It must not be seen as anything other than a good faith payment. I would like to make it clear that we are fully entitled to our fee as we have previously indicated and that we have complied with every regulation that is required. And did one get that refund? He did. He did. I was monitoring because I didn't want to wade in until I knew he had the money. It took a month, two days short of a, of, of a calendar month, but he got the money on the 17th of May to the cent. So that was um, 138,750 rand, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Um, no interest. And that money, remember, had been paid over six months previously. 
Okay, now Juan's been listening in on that and I want to bring him in at this point to talk to us about the, the, the experience here. Juan, thank you so much for being willing uh, to talk to us uh, on the show today. Welcome to Cape Talk. Thank you, Papa, and thanks, Mandy, for having me. It must have fallen, felt like you'd fallen down a rabbit hole into a parallel universe, Juan, because how could it be fair that you've lost the house and then you can't get back the money you'd paid as a deposit for a house which was never coming to you, you through no fault of your own? I mean, what did it feel like when you first heard that? Look, I'll be honest, um, it was probably one of the most exhausting experiences I've ever been through. Um, it consumed me completely for yeah. that, I don't know, a month or two. Um, because I just felt, look, there's a seller that wants to sell a property. I'm interested in it. I've paid money towards it, but she no longer wants to sell it to me. So what do I do? I mean, she doesn't want to sell it to me. So, okay, that's fine then. But give, you the, give just give me my money back. You know what, what I've paid towards that property. Yeah. And that was my argument is can, can you just perhaps give me my money back? But unfortunately, my money was with the auction house. It wasn't with the seller. And you took some legal advice, Jean, didn't you, about, well, you, you spoke to some lawyers about, you know, what your options were. Um, yes. How did that go? Okay, so just to give you a, just a background on that, you can stop me if it's too long, but I won't. So <laughs> in, as, as a normal person, I'd like to say, um, I was guided by the professionals. Um, they said, listen, you've got two options. You can force the sale and you can force for them or you can claim for damages. But something in my head felt that this doesn't sound right because as the buyer, how am I protected from all of this? Um, why am I being the one? Why do I need to be the one that's losing out? So. Look, I, I did what they said I, I was supposed to do. I contacted many attorneys because, you know, when you go to a doctor, for example, you know you're going to pay a consultation fee and you know that beforehand. But with this, I didn't necessarily know, can I contact an attorney? Can I contact a lawyer? And what are they going to charge me? So I, I did some research and I contacted about five or six of them and they all confirmed what the the transfer attorney said, and also what the auction house said, is that I needed to claim the money back either from um, the seller or I need to force the sale. But there was never an option of you can get a refund because I, I felt that, uh, well, I'm not in the wrong yet. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm, I still want to buy the property, but if I want to buy the property, it's going to cost me so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, so why can't I just, yeah. So they all said exactly the same thing that, um, you know, not once did the CPA come up at all. That's the most fr- and, staggering thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? They were actually, when after this whole situation, when I provided them with feedback, because look, some of them asked me heavy amounts, like 5,600 rand as a deposit before they take any action um, for the for their services, which was quite rough. So when I provided them with uh, the feedback afterwards, they were so surprised that I took this route. And they mm. were like, well, you clearly know what you're doing. And I'm like, no, I did some research. And then, Wendy, I came to you and I asked, listen, do you feel this is my situation, will these sections of the, the CPA apply to me? And they were, yeah, they were very surprised that we basically, if I can say in inverted commas, got it right by <laughs> taking that route. Well, I'm so glad you persevered and got the refund in the end. Tuan, before we yes. say goodbye, uh, you've got the money back, albeit without interest, at least you've got the money back, but you're still going to be yes. out of pocket to the bond attorneys, aren't you? 
That's correct, yes. So they've actually sent a follow-up email yesterday that they still require the um, wasted costs for the um, work that they've done for the for the bond, um, which is odd of 10,000 rand. Oh. And then obviously we've also lost interest on that 140,000 that, you know, could have, for example, stayed in your savings account and earned some interest there. So we also lost that. But, you know, we could have lost a lot more if it wasn't for, for Wendy and Trudy and, you know, their experience and their guidance. Siobhan, thank you so much for chatting to us. I'm so glad, as you said, that at least you've got the bulk of the money back. And uh, we'll, we'll carry on with this after the news headlines because we have got some feedback from uh, a little bit more to share with you, feedback from the auctioneer and from the Auctioneers Institute. Uh, but in the meantime, we'll say goodbye to Juan and thank you. And uh, thanks so much for sharing some very hard-learned lessons mm-hmm. with our audience. Wendy, so we've heard... Um, t- to, to a, a large degree, all's well that ends well. Juan has been refunded his money. Um, the auction house was adamant that they hadn't done anything wrong. The CPA was extremely clear on who, who should have refunded what to whom. But you also mentioned the industry body, the South African Auctioneers yep. Institute. Did you go to them for further comment I on did. this? I um, did. I uh, wanted to know, you know, I didn't give them all the ins and outs of the case, um, knowing they'd want to spend quite a long time investigating that. I just wanted to know, um, in principle, um, if the seller reneges, as in this case, um, would they condone the buyers not being refunded by the auctioneer of, you know, both the deposit and the commission, um, given that the CPA it's very clearly that that is what should happen and Trudy ferreted out the fact that the you know the institute um, code of conduct supports that because they've fallen with with the CPA obviously yeah. um, so I said you know just it appears that um, the auctioneer in question is of the view that his own terms and conditions in that conditions of sale, um, are what stands because he keeps referring to those yeah. um, as, an, as you know to entitle him to do what he did. So I had a very long chat with Philip Powell, who's the vice chairperson of the institute and head of governance, compliance, and discipline. It's definitely the right person to speak to on this. Mm-hmm. And in short, he did say that there was no justification for the withholding of the commission and deposit in such cases. Um, he said Joanne should not have waited as long as he did for that refund, and when it was paid, it should have been paid with interest. It's not right for the buyer who didn't do anything wrong to have to lose out. Recourse should be sought from the seller by the auctioneer, which pretty much sums up everything that Joanne instinctively felt. felt and which, uh, which is what I said at the beginning as well. Yes. They, 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 they're pointing in the wrong direction to, exactly. to, to claim the money. So so for the record, we did invite Mr. Detroit from BIDX1 to join us on air today, but he chose rather to express his views in writing and have us reflect that on air. Wendy, yes. what, what would you like to share with us? Okay, so I did promise to refer them, uh, reflect his views fairly, as we always do. In a nutshell, he said he believed in doing things the right way and honestly thought he was doing the right thing in this matter according to his conditions of sale. This, the, the pertinent section reads, In the case of the seller being in default, the purchaser shall be entitled to a full refund of all money paid in terms hereof to the seller and the seller shall be liable to repay the full deposit if paid. And then it refers to another section that talks about the money being paid to the auctioneer. So if paid to the auctioneer, Mm -hmm. and the auctioneer shall be entitled to keep the auctioneer's commission. Okay, so as we've said repeatedly, that's totally at odds with what the CPA and the SIA code say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say it's yet another reason why it's so important to read all terms and conditions. Do Mm -hmm. not assume anything. Please do not assume anything. 
So although Juan's deposit was sitting in a Bidex, in Bidex One's uh, trust account, they expected him to claim that amount from the seller who actually hadn't sold the house in the end and thus had no proceeds. Yeah. Although um, it was their fault. They're the ones who walked fault. away from the deal after it was concluded. But 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 the re- legislation says that the, in this the case, the auctioneer should, should claim should go after the seller, not the the purchaser. Um, and then the conditions of sale about the deposit states the auctioneer will hold the deposit unless payment is requested to be paid over to the um, conveyances. And I so he so he told me that he'd never spent the money. He had no intention, never any intention to keep the money. It wasn't his trust account. He had paid it back, and admittedly, he paid it back before I actively waded into the case. Mm-hmm. Um, although Jean did say that he had sought my help, um, he said about the the fact the the interest issue. He said his bank had not been paying him any interest since last year on his trust account, and he's having a battle with them. That's. Um, it it doesn't sound right. I, um, I haven't had a chance to check that out, so I'll just have to leave that there for now. Um, but it is pertinent that his own contract, his own conditions of sale that he continually refers to states that deposits will be held in, quote, an interest-bearing trust account. So there's a breach there. He said that he'd lost out on between 20000 and 25000 rand spent on marketing the property in question. Um, that's the Burkhardt property. He said, we fulfilled our mandate. It was the seller who reneged. No argument there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, the, in our conversation, he said it would be very costly to litigate against her. Well, of course, and the same would apply to Joanne. It's not yeah. a business. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So he said this was an extraordinary case. But my intention was never to keep the money. I wasn't able to ascertain exactly what his intentions regarding the money were, given that he had repeatedly told Joanne that he had to go after the seller to recover. Mm. So what that money was going to do in the trust account um, was not made clear because the case is, as, you know, has been long wrapped up. It fell apart in Feb. But um, he did say buying a home on auction um, is a great way to buy a property, something which the obviously the um, Institute of Auctioneers agrees with. He said, but you have to do your homework um, to get a good deal, and I wouldn't argue with that. Okay. Always do your homework <laughs> and always read the T's and C's is the bottom line. Uh, Wendy, in closing, so if somebody feels they have been unfairly treated by an auctioneer, they should go straight to the Institute to, yes. to lodge a complaint? Yes, absolutely. Lodge a formal complaint with, with SIA. They're on www.auctioneering.co.za. Very simple. Um, and it's obviously there's a lot of information there as well, a lot of tips. And um, Philip Powell, the head of governance, vice chairman, was um, um, particularly passionate, passionate in his chat with me about um, standing up for what is right and being ethical. He said there are a few players that give our industry a bad name, but we, we very feel very strongly about protecting consumers and we take all complaints very seriously. So I think before you consider buying a house on auction, go onto that site, um, know what to look out for, read all the terms and conditions. Yeah. Um, as with everything, especially if you've never done this before. And I don't think we can argue with the fact that, you know, all going well, that there there are excellent deals to be had, um, but you do have to protect yourself. As with anything, I always say, whether you're getting married, going on a holiday, all lovely things, buying a home, 
please, sorry to be the killjoy, but but consider the worst case scenario. Consider it going horribly wrong, and then find out how you would be protected if that if that came happens. to pass. Yeah, and that's how we protect ourselves from all sorts of things. So that that website is auctioneering.co.za, and we're going to be talking about scams after the break. One of the things on that site, I went and had a look this morning, Wendy, is a notice about various scam artists about fake label people presenting themselves as bona fide or auction houses who actually aren't, etc. So it really is worth w- visiting and having a bit of a look there before you consider doing this for the first time. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 021-446-0567. We're back continuing the conversation around consumer affairs with Wendy Nola. And very quickly, just wanted to flag a couple of scams doing the rounds. We mentioned the white pages one uh, a, a week or two ago. And then I heard from our listener, Vic, uh, Wendy, who's worried that somebody is trying to, to commit crime on the back of COVID vaccine concerns. Vic received an email that purported to be from the health department. But when you looked at the email address, it wasn't a health department mm. address. It was another random uh, address. And the, the subject line was, your COVID-19 vaccine is ready. That is news so many people are waiting to hear. Well, that's and it why contained- And it contained a link. And when you clicked on the link, it said, click here to confirm your appointment and personal information. And thankfully, Vic started getting suspicious when it started asking for things he didn't feel he should be putting in there. But just a red flag that uh, the confirmation of vaccines is happening by SMS, not by email. Uh, The email says from health department, but the actual address in Vic's case was from connectlatinasia.com. Say no more. (laughs) So red flag there to start with. Please, please don't fall for that. It is uh, horrible that people are exploiting something that people are so worried about. But but very, very predictable. Yeah, unfortunately so. Your your, um, anxiety and and, and, um, need to sort of get that vaccination done will kind of, you know, it does often obliterate common sense. Yeah. And they know it. So just be warned, please. Wait for the SMS or you make your choices about being a walk-in, but do not click through links on any email no. uh, purporting to be your vaccination appointment. And then the second thing, Wendy, take a lot putting a notice out on Twitter this this week, warning customers that somebody is uh, carrying out a scam in its name at the moment. Another week, another scam. The corporates are doing a lot of this. Um, so this one was an invitation to participate in a take a lot customer survey that aims to improve their service in return, promising unsuspecting customers a new Samsung Galaxy S21. And I mean, that's, that's never a going to happen. Phone. I mean, that's, that's some, um, marketing campaign there to get, yeah. to get, to improve their service. I, I mean, I'm sure take a lot is very invested in their service, but not that invested. Yeah, oh, that's it's not going to happen. <laughs> so please don't engage at all. Uh, take a lot confirming that it is not their customer satisfaction survey on their not giving away very expensive cell phones in response to your answers. Okay, and while we're on the subject of take a lot, interesting email in from our listener Annette um, uh, earlier this week, mm, Wendy. I did not know about yeah, this. Yeah, and this is a new development. Um, and Annette has been somebody who's bought a lot of um, e-books over the years, and she said, um, she said to me, you know, I buy them thinking I've got them for keeps. So Annette was very surprised to find uh, an email in her box this week saying, as a shopper who has recently purchased e-books on take a lot, we wanted to let you know that we've made the decision to no longer sell ebooks on Take A Lot. This will be effective from the 10th of June 2021. If you have download tokens left on ebooks in your digital library, you will still be able to read them or download them from your digital library onto a different device. Find the steps on how to download ebooks here. This will be available until the 30th of June. That follow it here is a link. Wendy, um, 
I'm suddenly wondering if this not another scam as well. That clicking on that link well, might take to, you to another scam. It's, this is news to me um, when I came into the studio, uh, Pepper, and I've yeah. just engaged with Take Lot and something else uh, this morning, which we can talk about in a minute. Okay, but. Um, I don't think it's a scam if if she got in the email in the normal way from Take a Lot, but I mean it's good thinking that because we should in the the moment you see click here, you really yes. need to start interrogating how how authentic the email is. Um, but if there is this option to download them onto a different device um, or some kind of other keeper mechanism, then you're not losing. You're out not on losing something. out. Yeah. So I would have to find out some more on that. But it's it's quite a crucial thing because. As she says, I mean, it would be like them coming to take the book out of your bookcase that you thought you had for keeps that you'd bought. That's the expectation. It's yours. Yes. Um, not, you know, that that this will... Okay, well, i tell you what. While you tell us about the other issue you've been engaging in uh, with Take a Lot on, I'm going to go onto the website All to right. see if I can find any Teamwork. official confirmation on the ebook saga, Wendy. That, um, uh, so, so tell us what you were talking to them about. Okay, so... I got an email. Oh, so of course, my laptop has chosen this particular moment to, to not freeze. Uh, but let me let me okay. tell you what it was. Um, Blanche Andrews bought a um, a gas heater, and she didn't open it, uh, unpack it immediately, as we do with certain goods. And of course, when the cold hit, she got it out, and it was defective. Okay. And when she took this up with Take a Lot, are pretty good with refunds. They said the the person that she was dealing with said, um, "So sorry." Essentially. This is you only have nine day, uh, seven days, according to our policy, in order to return. And because she'd left it in the garage or the cupboard or whatever for some time, that she'd overshot the seven days. And so she brought it up with me, and I said to her, "This is um, definitely not right. They are mm-hmm. confusing the seven day refund period you have if a, if goods are not um, defective in terms of the electronic." Communications and Transactions Act. Because you don't see the product, whatever it is, before it arrives, after you've paid, you um, you get to look at it for you get to send it back within seven days if you don't like it for whatever reason, whether it's yeah. defective or not. So they were treating it like a non-defective item, which is kind of not okay for somebody that deals with returns. Yeah, and Take a Lot conceded that they said yes, they were using the wrong. What did they say? They applied the wrong, the incorrect business rule to the evaluation. Uh, she did get her refund on the 15th of June. Okay. Um, but I put that out there as a bit of a warning because don't take no for an answer. You could just be getting the wrong um, consultant on the wrong day. Trying to brush and, you off. And yeah. brushing you off. And, and, you know, the bosses wouldn't be aware of it. Well, they actually should if they're um, evaluating the, uh, a sample of the emails. But um, the point is... But the seven-day cutoff only applies to non-defective goods. Something you, when it arrived, like I ordered something at Jamie Oliver's sieve, was sort yeah. of strainer, and I had this in mind, this size, a big one, yeah. Um, I mean, I make this must me check the dimensions. It's actually a little thing like this, which you know Teacup wasn't what I wanted. Of a bowl size so one, I have yeah. seven days if I am inclined to send that back, even though it's in perfectly good condition. So, um, but if it was defective, if it was bent or whatever. Um, rusty or something, then I would have six, six months, months. Um, and they would have to take it back in that time and they must pay for the return, the courier, whereas with a change, change, of change part, it's you. you have to, but of course the likes of Take A Lot absorb that cost. Okay. But a very important distinction. So you Thank found you. something about the e-books. I did. Is it, it for real? To be, to be fair, it took a little bit of digging to find it, but it is for real. There is a statement if you whittle down through their help page, help about e-books, there is a statement saying, starting the 10th of June, we okay. will no longer sell e-books on Take A Lot. 
this says you will be able to download your e-reader up to the 11th of October, which okay. is significantly longer than what Anne was told. June, yes. Um, I wonder if they've extended it in the for, in the face of customer complaints, perhaps. Possibly. But there you go. If you have previously bought e-books from Take a Lot, go and download them onto a different device, onto the hard drive of your PC or a laptop or wherever else you might yeah. want to keep and them. And happily click on that link. It's if not you going want to, to lead you them. to trouble. But that's important to know. So, Annette, thank you very much for, for raising that issue with us. While we're doing online uh, shopping, Wendy, a WhatsApp saying, is there anyone you can contact if an online purchase is not delivered? It was purchased on a store account and the item was simply never received. Um, so if it is a reputable store that you have a pre-existing relationship and not one of the many, many scams that I hear about every day, I paid this or that and didn't get it, um, some Facebook thing or whatever. And yeah. I'm, you know, I don't know how many, I'm so sorry, but you've got to investigate the company. This sounds, she's saying it's a store account. <laughs> You absolutely, would she's got an existing relationship absolutely, with and I'm yeah. surprised she even has to raise that with me because the company should sort it out. If if um, that's not happening and it doesn't appear to be the case, um, feel free to email me and um, I will do my best to to get that up. remedied. Yeah. Okay. Then Nick in Rondebosch says I'm being called twice a week by a legal firm called SSDA chasing a debt for a fraudulent MTN account that I never signed up for. I've never done any form of business with MTN. They tell me I must get an affidavit to that yes, effect. When I ask for proof that I signed for the account, they tell me the onus is on me to prove that I don't have an account, not on MTN to prove that I do. Can this be what correct? A sh- phenomenal cheek, but they yeah. all do it. They all do it. So I think it's a very reasonable question to say, you're saying it's me. Show me the mandate. Send me the recording. Show me my, my signature on the document. Yeah. Was this a really, really top class um, fraudster who just had so much information and was just like impersonated me so well that you would, that you, MTN did not have a chance to know it wasn't me? Or did you cut some corners? So what a cheek. But I will say, having said that, that they, that's what their policies are. Yeah. Um, the cell phone industry, as I've said many times, is a law unto themselves. So get the darn adf- affidavit and send it off. Copy it to me, um, consumer at nola.co.za, and let me know if they don't sort that out forthwith. And they must pay the legal costs. And they, you will have an impaired um, credit record. So they need to sort that out as well, MTN does. I would mm-hmm. stop talking to the lawyers. Go Go to MTN. Um, and uh, the other thing to do is if you've already been the victim of impersonation fraud, you really, really, and it spiked by over 300% in 2020, so there's many more victims than there used to be, mm-hmm. um, you must go onto the South African Fraud Prevention Services um, website, SAFPS, and um, log your details for protect- protective registration so that if try- somebody that person or somebody else tries to do it again um, or even you apply for something, an account or self phone contract or something, you will have to um, you will be asked for another form of identification be it a passport or a driver's license or something and the force is unlikely to be able to do that. Okay. So um, it's a little bit more of a schlep for the real person but um, if it's happened once it can happen again and if you, if you haven't already please do that. Okay, Nick, good luck to you. Right, um, okay we've got a, an interesting email in from Johan talking about the issue of life Liability notices, the things that say use at your own risk, for example. He mailed me, Wendy, to say that close to where he lives, there is a set of mountain bike jumps, which has been Mm. built by some community organizations in conjunction with the municipality. Jumps are very popular, used by kids all the time, as young as three and as old as 30, he says. But unfortunately, there is a design flaw that has led to several broken arms and other injuries. 
It is so easy to fix the problem. All it needs, he says, is a little get up and go, a few spades and shovels and a plate compactor. Unfortunately, I'm having trouble with the relevant parties. The ward councillor is in a huff because she was not consulted at the time of construction. The head of department says it's not his problem because there are three signs on site saying use at your own risk. And the community organizations are just worried about who is going to pay for it. His question is... Do those signs hold any weight, given that it is known there is a defunct effect with those jumps that no. has led to, to injuries? Can they get away they, with that? No, they, they do hold some weight, but they're not not disclosing the fact that there's a defect. That's just a standard using yeah. progress. So that's, that wouldn't um, pass the disclosure test. And um, certainly the, the municipalities all have insurance, public liability. So if you the curbstone is sticking up too far and, and people are tripping and that the, the key thing is they have to have been informed of it and been given an opportunity to fix. So for example, that's why you must always report a particularly bad pothole mm-hmm. because um, the, the municipality can't then say they didn't know. And when they know, they have to fix it within a reasonable time. Uh, so we you were talking see, about road flooding earlier. That's exactly, exactly what I, I said. I, Please report I it on just the C3 system. And yeah. I, you, that was the right information. So in this case, um, if you can prove that they've known about it and they, they have knowingly not done anything, exposed children to this risk. Actually, this is a story I'd love to take up. So, Johan. Okay. Well, I've asked Johan. I mean, then it is, know, sorry, then, then it's negligent and the, the insurers will only pay out on negligence. And so it's a valid claim if there's negligence and negligence is if they, They've they've known about the problem and you can and prove and they've chosen not to do anything. So that's in a nutshell as well. Bless his heart, Johanna's actually offered to sponsor the plate compactor Aww. for the day to get the job done, Wendy. I have asked him to mail us back and tell us which area it is, which organizations Let's are involved follow this so we up. can follow up. Okay. Pictures and everything to be continued. Appreciate it. Okay. Yes. Johan will get back. Will you get back to us please with those details and we will gladly follow up. The time has flown away from us, Wendy. We have to wrap it up there. Mm-hmm. As always, thank you for being with us. Thanks for and a reminder to our listeners, if you want to contact Wendy. The address is consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R.